0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. In two weeks is Shavuot, and our plenary session for Shavuot is Sanctification of Time. So I'm teaching this week and Cantor Chorney is teaching next week and we thought that we would do the other two sanctification of blanks uh, in preparation for sanctification of time. So today is sanctification of the body and next week you'll be learning sanctification of space with Cantor Chorney. This particular curriculum today has five sources. We don't have time for five sources, so I picked the three that I wanted to really focus in on, but you're going to get the packet with all five, so if you'd like to go over them, you're more than welcome to, but in our session today, we're just going to focus on three. Before I pass out the sheet, I'm just interested in knowing from you what you think we might discuss in a class called Sanctification of the Body. Mikvah, okay, great. Not No smoking, okay. Procreation. Tattoos. Anything else? Death. Death. Great. The traditional response to bodily functions. Wonderful. So one of those many things is correct. I also thought that it was going to be mikvah and procreation and maybe tattoos. I didn't go as far as tattoos, but I thought maybe it was going to be something having to do with, you know, body as a holy vessel that's not what Hartman decided was important to talk about when talking about sanctification of the body and I was very surprised I picked the topic before I looked at the sources um, which is sometimes a fun thing to do as a teacher and I'm glad I'm glad that I did because I think had I looked at the sources I might not have picked the topic um, but but the the interesting piece that that they pick up on is really just this idea and I think it ends up playing into mikvah right we're gonna we're gonna see areas in which mikvah could come come up. Um, But really, what does it mean to be living in our bodies as holy beings? So what does it mean to have this vessel that we call a body that houses for us all of the things that allow us to live and enjoy life? And to do that in a sense of holiness, to do that with kedusha, to do that in a way in which we can be partners with the divine and not just walk around the world, um, as, as human beings, right? As part of the animal kingdom. So I'm going to pass out this, uh, this packet here of sources. And for those of you who are on Zoom or at home, um, first of all, I'm wearing a vest because it's freezing. And second of all, um, because you're all watching me. F- you Well, yeah, exactly. Sanctification of my body. Um, and also we're going to be looking at sources, um, from the, from the website. So if you were able to, to get the sources off the website or the Shabbat bulletin, um, that's where we are looking. I'll, I'll tell you what they are. I'm not going to read them all in the original. Um, but we'll be, we'll be reading through all of them in, in some language for you to understand. So first we're going to look at Leviticus Rabbah which is Midrash on Leviticus primarily. This particular piece is actually from Parshat Behar. So Alan and I were just talking a second ago about how sometimes the Hartman curriculum that we choose isn't actually in conjunction with the Parsha that we're studying. And it's not Bechukotai, but it's Behar. So it's just one week away, just what we read this morning. Um, and this is what, this is what the, the source says. So if you're looking at the sheet, this is source one. And just so you know, we're gonna be looking at sources one, two, and five. So if at any point you get bored and you wanna look at other sources, we're not gonna discuss three and four. Um, don't ask me questions about three and four, (laughs) because I'll say that's not on topic. Um, but we are gonna, we're gonna really study one, two, and five. So if you wanna look at three and four, feel free. Okay. So when Hillel the elder was departing from his students, interesting that it says here, Shehaya Niftar Mital Midav. Now, Niftar very often means death. It doesn't just mean is leaving the room, though the way that the story is going to continue, it seems to mean that he's just leaving his students, like he's, just, he's going away from them. Uh, so another, another sermon for another time, but interesting that that's the word that's used in this Midrash. So, he would, he would go out, and then they would walk with him. Amrulo Tami Dav. They the students would say to him, Rabbi, Lehechan Ataholech, where are you going? Amar la Asot Mitzvah. He said, I'm going to do a mitzvah. Amrulo vehima Mitzvah And they would say to him, what's this mitzvah that you're going to do? Hello, Rabbi Shapiro. It's lovely to see you. Um, He said back to them to go and to wash in the bathhouse. Okay, so so far what we know from this midrash is that the mitzvah that Hillel believes he is doing when he departs from his students, again, interestingly, if you wanted to make this into a drash on on Tahara, you could somehow connect, actually, going to your death and being washed, but again, we're not going to discuss that right this second. But what Hillel is saying is, when I leave my students, I'm going to a bathhouse to wash. Sorry, I just have to find my place again. Amrulo v'chizo mitzvah, and they said to him, is this really a mitzvah? Amar lahem hen ma'im uh, Iconic, so like icon- iconography. Shem lachim, shem amidim, auto bevete tartiot, uvete karkasiot. So what he's saying here, I'm gonna read this part in English because. The the Hebrew isn't even really Hebrew. It says, Just like regarding the statues, literally icons, of kings that are set up in the theaters and the circuses, the one who is appointed over them bathes them and scrubs them, and they give him sustenance, and furthermore he attains statues with the leaders of the kingdom. Status, thank you. I wondered why that sounded weird. He attains status with the leaders of the kingdom. I who was created in the divine image and form as it is written in brace for the, Im- for in the image of God, God made human beings. Okay. So what is Hillel equating this mitzvah to? This is not a trick question. Housekeeping, right? Of what? statues, imagery, right, exactly, things that we don't believe in taking care of in the same kind of way. Now, if obviously, if you're going to an art museum, then taking care of a statue is important to do. But when it comes to seeing a statue or some type of um, human form treated in such a way that then we should treat our own bodies, that doesn't seem to be a very Jewish idea. Right. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Right. right. So right. Exactly. That's what we are getting at here is actual statues of probably godly figures or kings that were seen as as um, icons to to have some kind of association with like we would have the association with God who we don't turn into any kind of form of statue. So what is this? How is this text helping us to understand the sanctification of our own bodies? What is this text telling us? Yeah. Great. If you're taking care of idols or statues elsewhere because you want them to look good, well, then you should also make sure that you take care of yourself. Great. What else is this saying? RbK. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right, right, <laughs> right. It's interesting what Rabbi BK just said is is that it's it's interesting that this is considered a mitzvah because it seems like what Hillel basically says is here's a story why this is important to me. But were the students satisfied by that answer? Because what I'm sure Rabbi BK can imagine, and so can I, is a bunch of students say, okay. So is it a mitzvah? (laughs) Like, nice story, (laughs) but is this a mitzvah? You didn't answer our question necessarily. Maybe they thought that was the answer to their question. But yes, many people, even in today's world, take care of things that are not their bodies much more so than they should take care of their own health. We all know people who would much rather take their car in to be serviced multiple times a year than go to the dentist or go to the doctor, right? Right. Because that is something that doesn't hurt and that that you don't have to know the outcome of. You just pay to have it taken care of. So that is taking care of other things than just your body. Yeah, Alan. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's a beautiful point that taking care of these idols, which might provide you sustenance. So too with your bodies, right? We know, especially in a modern day world, that if you show up to work and you look a certain way, you might not do as well in whatever business it is. It doesn't matter if you're an actual business person or a rabbi, right? You, there, there is a certain way in which you should look, you should smell, you should have as a, as an outward appearance so that you can continue to have that sustenance. Yeah, Charlie, go ahead. Um, it's Leviticus Rabbah three. Yeah, that's my guess. Um no. We I not I don't think they gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great it's a great point. I obviously did not did not look back into the Torah to see where it was where it was connecting. Um but I can I can look more deeply. They didn't even tell me in the leader's guide, so I'm not sure. Not sure what they were referencing, great, yes, blame Hartman. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go to the second the second source here and keep these sources in mind because we're gonna we're gonna combine them together <clears throat> at the end. so source two so what it's saying here is that there are six ways. There are six statements uh, that, that are said to be the way that we are regarded as humans. In three ways, we are like the angels, and in three ways, we are like animals. Okay, so on two very different sides of the spectrum, humans are, take bits and pieces from both sides, bits from the animals and bits from the angels. Yesh lahem da'at, we have wisdom, knowledge, we can learn, kemalchei hasharit, just like the angels. Umehalchim bekomaz and we walk up straight, just like the angels, kemalchei hasharit. Umesaprim belashon ha'kodesh, kemalchei hasharit. And we also speak with a holy tongue, just like the angels. Shloshah Vehema, ochlin veshotin, we eat and we drink, just like animals. Ufrin orvin, and we procreate just like animals. Umotsiinre e kevehema, which basically means we poop like animals. Um, so we deal, we, our body, our body functions just like animals function. Okay. So there are three, there are six ways in which we are considered three like the angels and three like animals. So what is this Talmudic piece telling us? as humans, in terms of how we care for our bodies. If there are three ways that we're like the angels and three ways that we're like animals, what does that mean for us as human beings? Yeah, right, BK? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. So if we have these categories of being like the angels and, and we also have these categories of being like animals, how do we elevate, how do we sanctify those that are Rai right, B. K. didn't say this, but are the mundane, are the animalistic aspects of ourselves to make them closer to those, those angelic, those uh, divine aspects of ourselves. Joel? Mm-hmm. Great. 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 Yeah. Great. So what Joel just said is that everything is seen as good. Right. And that we need to recognize that those things that are animalistic in our behavior need not be embarrassing to us. It is wonderful that we get to eat and drink. It is wonderful that we get to procreate. And the last text that we're going to look at is Asher Yetzar. It is also divine that our body works so that the things that should not stay within our body come out of our bodies. Right. And, and yes you know, potty humor has become some, become something that has become funny. And, and because we are human beings, we've become embarrassed by certain bodily functions. But if we think about it for just one second, the way in which our body gets rid of toxins that we can't have within our body, that is extremely miraculous, right? I'm not a doctor, so I know that there's also science behind it. But when we think about the fact that we are able to get rid of something that could harm us, that is a miracle. So those animalistic comparisons, I guess you could say, even though, as Joel said, they're kind of seen being uh, uh, juxtaposed as negative to something that might be seen as positive – in fact they're all very positive and one is some, and and one side right the animalistic behaviors are things that we should uplift as rbk was saying to get closer to that other side of the spectrum ellen great beautiful yeah <laughs> true true yes, yes 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 yeah right so just like we talked about last week th- now when we think about when we when we say a blessing before we eat or drink something or after we go to the bathroom what we're doing is we're taking these human behaviors which are also animalistic and we are we are making them sanctified we are making them holy Mm-hmm. yeah oh beautiful Beautiful. I love that. So when we, when we eat something, we're taking in sustenance that's for our health, for our body, even if it's not great for us, it still gives us some kind of nutrient. And when we're in the presence of ministering angels or any kind of divine being, we are also being satiated by, by a spiritual aspect of ourselves. I love that comparison. Beautiful. Other thoughts on this, on this text? Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And it's also telling us that we can be one or the other, or we can be both at the same time, right? We could be angelic in our behavior and in our human lives. And also we could just be animalistic in our human behavior and lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and interesting that the first thing that is said in that list of three, like an angel is that we can think, right? Which is Often we think of that as a positive, but as you're saying, there could be elements of overthinking that have led us to also destroy aspects of our nature, our lives, our world, um, because we aren't just acting upon urges, but rather we are, again, it's seen as positive in, in most cases, but we are learning, we are researching, we are digging deeper, which which could be could be creating things like cars <laughs> that create pollution that then hurt our environment, right? So it, it is it is cyclical in in the way that we are um the, we are the way that we are combining these two things. I want to go to the last source very quickly. Um, first of all, if it was not Shabbat, I would play for you. Uh, Rabbi Josh Warshawski wrote a beautiful tune for Asher Yatzar very recently. It's called Wonder. Um, and if you look it up on, I think, anything, but like iTunes or YouTube or whatever after Shabbat, it's really very, very, very beautiful. And I joked with him that maybe it'll actually get people to say it after they go, <laughs> after they go to the bathroom. Uh, because, yeah. Is the what? Um, oh, I got it, got it, got it. Um that, that there is something, there's something really important about this prayer, but because we don't teach it, because quite frankly, because we're afraid the kids are gonna laugh when we teach them about poop, right? That's why we don't teach it. Um, but if we were to teach this prayer, Possibly more people would say it. And it, it is actually extremely important. I mean, just like saying Modéani in the morning to say that you're grateful for waking up and having your soul be returned to you. This blessing for your body, just doing what your body's supposed to do is extremely important. And the minority of Jews say this blessing. So listen to the tune. I, I tried to practice it before Shabbat to be able to sing it for you, but I won't do it justice. So we're just gonna, I'm gonna have you listen to it later. Um, and, uh, and if you forget who wrote it or forget what I said, just email me and I'll send it to you. So here's the blessing. Baruch atah Hashem elokeinu melechaolam. Asher yatzar et ha'adam bechochma uvaravo nekavim nekavim chalulim chalulim. Blessed are you God master of the universe, who formed the human being in your wisdom and created inside of them many orifices and cavities. It is obvious and it is known before your seat of honor that if one that should remain closed, meaning the openings of our bodies that are supposed to open, if it should remain closed, uh, that if one should remain closed, opened, or one that should remain open was closed, we would not be able to arise and stand before you for even one moment, right? Think of a time, I don't, I don't wanna know a story, but think of a time that there was just something going on in your body and you didn't feel well enough To stand or to sit or to just live out in the world, this blessing is saying, thank you, God, for allowing my body to function in the way that it is supposed to function, that it is naturally supposed to function so that I could feel well, to then do all these other things that I'm supposed to do, like bless you and do meets vote in the world and be part of community, et cetera, et cetera. Because if those... Things didn't open and my body didn't function correctly. I wouldn't be able to do that. Atah Hashem rofe'a Kol Basar um La Asot. Blessed are You, God, who heals all flesh, um la Asot, and acts wondrously. This is why Josh named the tune Wonder, because. There is something very miraculous about the fact that our bodies do what they're supposed to do without us telling them to. And I think this goes back to the first two sources that we talked about because there must then be some need for us as humans to make our bodies holy, to make sure that we recognize our bodies as vessels of holiness, because, again, if we forget that our bodies are holy vessels, then we're not grateful for the fact that they do what they need to do. And then we're missing out on the whole point of having bodies. I I wanted to also bring this up because there's so much in the world right now talking about other people's bodies. And I I wanted to just just pointedly say that When we discuss the sanctity of our body, interestingly, all of our rabbis do not in this moment, there are other moments, but in in these moments of talking about sanctity of body, they don't dare talk about your body. They talk about their body. They talk about our bodies and the way that they function. So I thought that it was interesting to see these different sources and the way in which even our rabbis knew that each and every individual body, both the actual body itself, but also the human, needs to take their own responsibility over their own body. The first source that we saw had nothing to do with you telling your friend that they should take a shower more often. Right? It had to do with if you know that you should be taking care, that you are taking care of those idols, then you too should be taking care of your body. And in the second source, we were equated to divine beings like angels because we're able to stand up and we're able to think for ourselves and we're able to recognize those things in the world that we are grateful for. So, that is not where this Hartman class went, that those sources are not in this Hartman class, but I just wanted to point it out because it would have been a missed opportunity to connect to the the things happening in our world right now um, that are that are scary for many uh in terms of thinking about what it means to recognize our bodies as holy vessels. So I hope that what you'll take away from this, and again, this will be part of a trio. So next week will be sanctity of space and then Shavuot will be sanctity of time. I hope that what you'll take away from this trio is that very mundane things like space and like time and like our bodies that we often take for granted need to also be uplifted to a place of holiness, need to also be recognized and considered and really taken a moment every time you go to the bathroom to be grateful for the fact that we have these vessels that work in miraculous and beautiful ways, and that we need to be able to see them as made in the image of God, that we need to be able to see them as partners in creation, as opposed to taken for granted just to allow us to have as much fun and as much uh, as much enjoyment on this earth as we can. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Om, Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.